Yo, did you watch that documentary? Did you watch it? Wait, before I even begin, let me just tell you in advance. I'm wearing my retainer. I never wear my retainer as I'm podcasting. It's just that I haven't had it for a long time. It's all going on 1 a.m. And I had to get this out before I laid my head down, firstly. So if I sound extra juicy, I'm going to try my hardest to not sound juicy in the mouth. But if it does, I need your forgiveness. Listen to other episodes if this is your first time listening to me in this episode. So no, this is not how I sound. (laughs) Just forgive me in advance. Welcome to the Painful Podcast. I am the Painful, and this space is for you. Welcome to the bonfire. Also, welcome to the grounds of fertility. Here we are teachable, and we apply the things that we learn in our lives, and we share the results. We also call those results gifts. We also have elders. We are not wandering lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. We apply the guidance of the elders for a smooth and prosperous life, for that is the only life they want for us uh, to live. If they don't, they're not elders. If you don't know who I am, I'm a full-time artist. I teach art to the little ones. I teach art to adults. Right now, my focus has been on the little ones. Um, I do things from children's book illustration to uh, being the creator and producer of the YouTube art series, The Paint at Fool's Paint House. There, I teach children how to paint, but also there is a much deeper message. It is to uh, be creative and serve others as well as yourself. There, you can catch me on YouTube. Um, I do a bunch of other things. Uh, my website for my work and graphics and, and il- illustration and things of that nature is jgreenartofficial.com. Now, this space, this communal space where we just kind of hang out, gather and, and, and let go of things or just talk and ramble, whatever, um, this space is, uh, is for everyone. It's thepainful.com. There you'll see just more about me and what I like and what I like to wear and yada, yada, yada. I have a Discord server. You can go access it on my website. I am looking to have a bit of more discourse with people. I want to engage in conversation, have a little bit of fun and all that good stuff. But okay, enough of all that. Enough of all that. <laughs> I want to get into this documentary. Yes, Framing Britney Spears. Uh, let's just go. So I first, I want to just detail my personal um, history with growing up with Britney and then we'll get into the, get into the actual documentary. All right, quick. This is, I'm going to make this quick as possible. So... I was, I think, 10 when the single first hit the radio. Um, I, I was born in 88. The single Baby One More Time came out, I think, in 2000, I'm not 2000, 98. And I think the album came out in 99, if I'm not mistaken. And then I remember me, like, I wasn't, I liked the song, but I wasn't really hooked onto it. Okay, so let me first explain my musical upbringing, first of all. <laughs> Firstly, let me just explain really quickly. I was born in Port Richmond, Philadelphia. Um, and then at about age four, I moved to Willingboro, New Jersey. And that's a, that's the suburbs. So a lot of us, you know, we we are influenced, you know, we're, was different. We, we were suburban. So we had, you know, pop music on the radio. We had, you know, you had R&B, you had the rap, you had all this, you know, gospel. You know, I grew up, you know, in a supremely Christian household as well. So my... You know, rap wasn't at the forefront of of our culture. It was mainly pop, R&B, soul, gospel for the most part. Oh, duh, jazz. My my dad is a he's a huge jazz. He loves playing jazz music. That's all he played driving to work. He would listen to WJJZ 
that's what he listens to. I listen to lo-fi music. It's, it's close to jazz, honestly. And I think that's where, anyway. So that's my kind of like my musical, uh, my musical kind of uh, culture. And, you know, you, you, you know, as I got older, I listened to music on the radio. I really didn't care for a lot of gospel. So, you know, it's whatever I could hear on the radio. And that was a lot of Britney. It was a lot of um, Destiny's Child. It was a lot of, at the time, we had Jessica Simpson, Mandy Moore, all them. But anyway, we're going to start with Britney. So I heard Baby One More Time. I liked it. And it was, you know, it was cool. But I was not a ma- I wasn't a fan fan of hers until the Oops Ever, until her Oops, I Did It Again album came out. That's when I started to like her. Um, then I had a friend of mine who knew I liked her. And he liked her too, but, you know, it was just, you know, but he knew I liked her, I think, a little bit more. And I'll get into why I like her and we'll explore the rest. But uh, we were in, we were in middle school. We were in the locker room fucking 13 years old crazy right in the boys locker room that this the sell her self-titled album britney you know the song slave for you where everyone was like that shit was a was a banger everyone banged to that song everyone uh now looking back in retrospect especially with today's culture mm -mm. people are not having a title of that song but anyway (laughs) um so when that, you know, that was the, that was the era that I was like, yo, this right here, like dudes, women, like we were all bumping that one single. So I said, I got to get this album. The album came out in November of 2001. I remember my friend and I, we were in the boys locker room and I know, I think he, either he gave it to me early for Christmas or he gave it to me from, for, for Christmas. Oh, I don't remember if it was for my birthday. I don't remember exactly what it was for. I'm leaning more towards my birthday. Can you believe in the era of which we grew up in, you know, high school, high school, middle school locker rooms, teenagers, everything was gay. Gay, you know, gay was the, it was a, it was a joke, you know, talk, calling each other gay was like a, you know, it was just like regular it was regular banter back then. It was no, nothing real came from that back then. But, you know, he hands me, he hands me her self-titled album as we're all undressing in the fucking locker room in eighth grade. I'm like, bro, why? Why here? Why right now? But yeah, you know, he, he you know, that was the first album I ever got. It's funny because I remember asking my mother, my, I, asked, I asked my parents, I was like, yo, can I get, um, can I get the Britney Spears album for my birthday? And they was like, ain't no Britney Spears going to be living up in here because, <laughs> you know, they're not having that. <laughs> like, like they're not, ha- they're not having a teenage boy listening to a, a female pop artist. Like, what? You know, this was, this was that error. So they weren't having it. Anyway, he got it for me, and I, I, like, kept it. I kept it secret, and I had my CD player, and I would just play it, and I enjoyed that fucking album to death. Um, some songs I skipped, but you know, it was, it was a dope album nonetheless. Anyway, so that was my first kind of experience with her, like with her album, album wise. But I liked her even when she first came out, I just wasn't a fan as much until the Oops era and then the the self-titled album era. So over time, you know, I liked her more. We saw the Madonna thing, the Christina thing, you know, we saw the, the comparisons and, and, and pop artists and all that good stuff. And they try to compare it to Christina Aguilera, even though Christina could sing, Britney just had like a charm, more of a um, kind of like a girl next door, kind of like a regular, but country, just regular. She was just regular. 
but she had this this kind of um, drive to to really be, become a star, it, or or so it seemed. So people identify with her a little more, and Christina was kind of like you know the rival, so to speak. That's how that's how the the industry played it out to us. But I liked Brittany more. She also came off in interviews as as pretty naive and and all that kind of stuff. And you know how some of us we we tend to see parts of ourselves in other in other people and in, in the archetypes they represent. And um, that's how it was with myself. So I saw bits of that childlike, kind of innocent, kind of wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, naive naivete that often that I've been accused of, not accused, that sounds stupid, but I've been told I tend to emit. And, and truthfully so, a lot of, um, Bixby cutting on by itself, a lot of, I've, I've, you know, in my life, there's been some moments where I was I was naive and, and been supremely taken advantage of. But let's neither here nor there. Um, but there were things I identified with her personality wise. And sometimes she would be a straight shooter and other times she would just, you know, try to whatever. But she, she just came off pretty likable. And that's what I liked about her. But um, fast forwarding all the way through from about after the, the Justin, then we had Justin Timberlake and all that kind of stuff. And then we get to the 2000. The 2006, 7, 8, 9 era where shit starts getting a little different. So we have the whole public. We have the hair, sh- the head shaving, the umbrella with the truck event, uh, incident that happened when she hit the dude's truck with the, uh, with the umbrella. And then, the, you know, blackout error, conservatorship error, all that kind of stuff. Okay. All right, let's let's talk about this documentary. Because um yes, although I was not I was not surprised at a lot of it, there were some things as watching this, as I was watching this that I was like, yo, this is fucking in fucking sane. Like, dude, the family feud part, let me though, let me just start from the beginning. Well, let me just, I don't, I can't even, there is no way for me to explain this episode. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm giving you a fair fucking warning. This is, (laughs) this is one of those episodes where I kind of like, because I just, I don't want to make sense. I just want to (laughs) talk, you know, I just wanted to talk. So that's, what's about to happen. All right. So one of the, I had to take like, write down little things that, that struck me the most. First of all, they're asking her, like, think about this. Yo, she was, I think, 16 years old, I think, or maybe eight. I don't remember how old she was. No, she wasn't 16. But there were, like, weird pervy moments, like, early on in her, in her youth where, you know, this, this older guy was asking her, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, I don't remember how old she was. She had to have been in her single digits. And she's like, no, I don't like boys. You know, boys are scary or something. Boys are bad. Whatever she said. And he was like, this, this guy, he's like, he has to be in his, in his fucking late fifties. He's like, well, what about me? I'm not, I'm a good boy or some fucking weird, sick shit. I'm looking at this like, yo, thinking about the way things were back then. The reason why I watched this, this documentary, firstly, I must tell you what the first reason it wasn't because I wanted to get the tea. No, I wanted to, there was a point of like this whole conservatorship thing where it finally kind of surfaced that she, Brittany no longer wanted her father as a conservator over her life. And she wanted, you know, she just didn't want him there. So I was kind of like not trusting any of the, the free Brittany movement. I wasn't, I just was kind of like sitting back in analysis because 
you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not that invested in celebrities like that because my life is, I have a lot going on with my personal life. So I just can't be invested. But I also, I also love her, you know? I mean, just honestly, like that sounds, it sounds extra, but I'm being mad vulnerable right now. Who cares? <laughs> so, um, I'm like watching this and I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, the times of the way things were then to the way they are now, like a lot of this shit would not fly. Asking her if she was a virgin, like who asks, who asks someone that who has the comfort of asking someone if they're having sex, like in a public space where there's hundreds of people watching, recording, photographing, like what in the sick hell? That's it was I watched it because that reason. The time, the way times have changed versus from then to now, this the way culture has shifted from the 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 mental health, like everything has shifted. Do you realize how how people never gave mental health that much of a of a of a focus back then? Do you can you, yo? They fucking made a they were there was a family feud episode. This was during the time where she was going through her breakdown, right? And there I'm going to put the audio in this shit. Yo. They're saying the guys like the host is like name some things that Britney Spears lost and they're like her hair, her husband, her sanity, like they were making a game. Do you I could not help but think about Amy Winehouse. I couldn't think about all these help but think about all these other artists who who either spiraled out of control, committed suicide or whatever because of the issues, the, the mental illness that they were dealing with and either how the, the general populace just kind of just wanted more and they wanted more and the machine just needed more blood. It needed more like life. It needed to just keep going and to keep generating that. I said to myself, at the when that documentary ended, who the fuck would want that level of fame? That's the first thing. I don't even think she wanted what she, I don't even think she wanted fame to that magnitude. Like, imagine that every time you leave your house, every time you leave somewhere, you get out your car, you have people chasing you. You have paparazzi chasing you, banging on your fucking limo, banging on your windows, you know, you have these different levels of these flashes just eating your fucking field division up. And you just are like, yeah, what? This is even with security, man. Like, I'm jumping all over the place. I don't care. You know, I don't care. But this, this documentary um, highlighted this conservatorship. It highlighted Justin Timberlake. We all know, like. People, people hate him, and then they're like, yo, that happened years ago, you know, let it go, but I don't feel the need to explain. Should I have to explain all of what happened with Britney? Do I have to explain this to people who don't, who may not know? Because I feel like I'm just, I just want to talk to just to the fans right now, but okay. So if you aren't fans, and you're just like, yo, what is he talking about? He's talking all over the place. Okay. So Britney Spears got married to her backup dancer years ago, I think 2006 or something like that. Kevin Federline. Okay. My mouth is juicy. Forgive me. Uh, she got married to her backup dancer, Kevin Federline. They had a child together, their first little baby. When she had the baby, you know, she was, she was shown, she was photographed with the baby in her lap while she was driving. And she explained 
in an interview that she had paparazzi banging all over her windows and she just felt unsafe. She got in her car and just put the baby in her lap and she just had to go. Um, they were calling her an unfit mother and all this kind of stuff. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't good for her. Oh my God, I forgot the one more, the most important thing. Yo, let me tell you about the one interview, the interview with, um, with Diane Sawyer and that fucking, that woman, that recording of that woman, uh, her name was, uh, she was the first lady at the time, uh, Kendall Ehrlich. She was the first lady of Maryland at the time. And she said, she said, you know, I would fucking, she didn't say I would fucking, but she said, I would shoot Britney Spears. She was mad at how she felt children were looking up to her and they were like, you know, all this shit that has nothing to do with, with Britney herself. She was like mad at how she's claiming that Britney is setting a bad example. And she said, I would, if I was near her, I would shoot her myself. And I was like, huh? I did not like. A lot of things that I saw in that that uh, documentary, I did not know. I, I did not. I never knew happened. So I'm speaking out of just like complete fucking amazement. This whole thing, thinking about the whole thing back like all over again, is just like yo. Again, like some people would just sit back and be like, you know, this is what you get. But not everyone gets that. Not everyone gets this type of this type of life, this type of path. You know what I mean? But I was watching from like this, this center of analysis. I was just super detached. I was super just like analytical and just observing and just like, huh, do we know for a fact? Like, you know, the media, the media, even though the media did her and painted her wrong, you know, the media is always doing some shit. So you can never observe something. You can never watch something and, 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 and just be in a, an emotional bag. You have to be careful regardless of who it is. Like. The media has this, this tendency to just trick you. So I watched and I just watched from a, from a much colder space. It was, but it was the family feud thing that did it for me. That's when I was like, yo, it knocked me off of my, my cold and analytical center. And I was like, yo, that's fucked up. That's what I said. I was like, yo, this is fucked up. I even like, I put my hand on my chest like, yo, like I, if I had pearls, I would have been clutching my pearls like, this is real? Like so many people are making jokes about someone's mental illness or just like, you know, their moments. And I thought to myself like, yo, okay, back to the story on like, you know, what happened and she got married to Kevin. I'm sorry. She got married to Kevin Federline. You know, she got filmed with the baby in the seat. She did an interview about, you know, her people calling her an unfit mother. She cried on the interview and um, she wants the paparazzi to leave her alone. Right. Okay. So eventually... She and Kevin are having some marital problems. They divorce. And then Kevin is there fighting for sole custody of the children. And then there's another moment where Brittany's walking and, and the, the baby's hat, she's walking and she trips and the baby like kind of like head jerks back and they're going in on her even more. And there's a bunch of shit that goes on. So she's start, starting to slowly unravel and she's, begin, she's beginning to become rebellious because, you know, you have... The media is doing the most. So I think, you know, and not to mention, I don't know if postpartum was, was in the picture as well. She had a second baby, not even a year, almost a year later. And I, I know postpartum with women. Like I, I've seen it firsthand. Like it's not, it's not pretty, you know? So I can only imagine what someone who's had a child is dealing with um, in, in that whole experience. And I, I kind of froze up because there are some people right now in my in the back of my mind who who I'm thinking who would say some shit like um 
who cares? That's, you know, they all fake anyway. You know, just some kind of like weird, weird stuff. But, you know, when a person has an actual child, like you can't, there is no, there's no faking the hormonal changes that takes place in a person's body. Like people really, women really suffer when, you know, when they, when those types of things happen. Like, like I said, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the depression firsthand. I've seen them feel suicidal. Say they were suicidal. Say this one, just, they don't want to leave. They want to just, you know, I've seen some shit. So who's to say what she was dealing with at the time, you know, but, um, you know, the, you know, the media, the paparazzi was doing this thing and then, you know, they divorced and, um, it just got uglier. So this lying ass paparazzi dude going to say some shit like, well, first he prefaces this. Well, they preface this by saying basically that she never appeared to hate the paparazzi. Like she seemed to like welcome them and they tend to work with each other. And she kind of was like social and, and, and they did show clips of her being social with paparazzi and, you know, being happy and, and saying, you know, Hey, party at my house and shit like that, you know, but, um, the day that she hit the one guy's, uh, truck with the umbrella, he made it seem like, Oh, she didn't want, she didn't want to be bothered that day. It just seemed like she just didn't want to be bothered that day. She said, leave me alone just today. And I, myself and all of Twitter was like this, this idiot, he's full of shit. Like he's full, he's full of shit. Like who in the, in their right mind after seeing someone cry all over fucking TV talking about they, they want to be left alone all of a sudden just say they want to be left alone in that day. In that moment, she shaved this, this was the same night she shaved her head too. So she shaved her head and we learned that Kevin wouldn't allow, wouldn't allow her to see the children. So um, she was pissed the entire day. And then, you know, that's when the paparazzi, they're like, hey, I just want to make, we want to make sure you're okay. And they're like flashing her as she's in the passenger side of the car. They're like flashing her, flashing the lights, taking pictures. And she's not even like, she's like out of it. So I guess, it, you know, we don't see how, what happens exactly, but she gets up the car, she grabs his umbrella. And she fucks up the dude's car and then, you know, whatever. But that whole, that whole era, that whole like blackout era, I was, I think this was around 2007. How old was I? 19? 19. All of Britney Spears, that, the, her whole life happened during my teenage years. So that's another reason or another part as to why I have such a, such a connection to that because it was it was a it was an error in and of itself. Everyone was talking about it. It was at my job. It was at all my other jobs. It was just in conversation. It was everyone talked about. Yo, do you see that article about Britney? You see Britney shaved her head. Do you hear about that? You see this? You see that? It was a big deal. So I was I was in that era where, you know, and no one really knew I was a diehard fan. I mean, but maybe a couple people, not a diehard fan, but no, you know, a couple people knew, but. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And then I saw the tabloids and of her crying when she couldn't, when she lost custody. It was like, it was in and of itself a crazy time. But then, then she started hanging out with Paris and Lindsay and we had the selfie error. And it was like, yo, this was my, like my, my part of my, my, uh, my life, you know? <laughs> like, so I'm watching all this happen. And I'm just thinking to myself like, yo, this has taken the media by storm and she was still dropping music and doing videos. And I'm like, yo, how do you, why are you, you, you know, you're still going and pushing through all this in the middle of all this turmoil. So it was insane. 
But, you know, they painted, you know, they, they painted, I'm not going to say painted, but, you know, the father, she called her father an asshole herself, you know, in the For the Record documentary. And so I don't know. I don't know if the media is adding a little bit of extra spice in the, in the gumbo when it, comes to, when it comes to her father, you know, but a lot of people are making it seem as though that she's just his moneymaker. You know, she has, okay, so back to the conservatorship. For those who don't know what the conservatorship is, I told you I'm all over the place. I don't care. A conservatorship is where you have someone who has uh, complete control over your legal dealings, everything. So the way you spend your money, how it's spent, who does this, who does that, can you do this, can you do, like, they have control over, um, they function as a custodian. You know how you have a, like a power of attorney when you're older and you're about to die? A conservatorship, a conservator is like, that, but when you're younger, it's like a power turning over everything, sort of, kind of. And they, they control everything. They, they, everything has to be approved through them. So it was, it was said that it was put in place because it was put in place to protect her assets for, uh, for what is it, undue influence or something along those lines uh, for just to protect her from people who would try to use her uh, and give her to, you know, give her money to the wrong things and sign over to the wrong things. Cause you know, they said that she was pretty, she was taken advantage of plenty of times. So around the time of her breakdown, her father, she was taken away in the hospital because she would not let her children. She would, she locked herself in the bathroom with her kids and she would not leave. So they put a whole, a psychiatric hold on her. And then this was in 2008. So, yeah, it, it, got, it got a little wild in 2007. I would say around the end of 2006, it got a little crazy in 2007. But 2008 was when, like, it was, like, bonkers. And moving forward, I mean bonkers in terms of the media, the whole, all of it was just, it got crazier. So there were videos surfacing on YouTube at the time of her just kind of walking with her dog. And she was just walking in and out of bed, like, you know, just she, she had like black hair and she was just doing what she wanted to do. She had her dog walking one day. She was holding her dog in her, um, you know, up, up, up against her chest. And the media was just sh taking mad pictures of her. And she was outside of some house crying. And she's like, can you just leave me alone? It was, yo, the shit that I don't even know what was going on. But, you know... That um that conservatorship, you know, it was it was a big deal. You know, you have they have control over her estate, personal assets. Shit was insane, you know. But now the the issue as it as it stands now is it's like yo, you've been in a conservatorship since two thousand eight. It is twenty twenty. How now? Now here's the thing. There is speculation that she is not well enough to handle her own. There's a bunch of rumors where, and of course you have Instagram where people are just so confused with her behavior on Instagram because people, because they don't know the truth. There's, there's so many hands at play when you just, when you don't know, you just speculate all day. You know, so she's on Instagram, she's twirling all day. She's dancing, posting pictures of like tea and little neat arranged roses and cookies and things of that nature and then she'll post a video of her dancing with like this thick mascara on and 
the dance is interpretive dance. It's not what she normally does and it's not made up and it doesn't look like a sequence. So people are like, yo, what is wrong with you? And people are like, wear orange if you're okay. Like, you know, for me, people were, and just watching how people were acting about it, it was just strange to see the fans just like go nuts. Understandably so, but it's like you don't, you never, you never truly knew her to begin with. So it's like you're, you're hung up on, well, some of the fans are hung up on uh, this old idea of what they, of what they think that she should, how she should conduct herself. And then others just want to know like, yo, can you just respond and say you're okay? Now, what she did, she said, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I've, um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Yada, yada, yada. She says something like that. Whatever the case was. Now, despite her being, she, she took, checked herself in at a, uh, at a psychiatric facility when her father had a ruptured colon, he had some stuff going on back when she was about to announce her domination residency in Las Vegas. Uh, she took a hiatus from social media and then um, came back. People were like, yo, what's wrong with her? Did your father involuntarily put you in a psych ward? Like, yo, because, you know, you don't you don't know the extent of how of how much they can do with under that conservatorship. Like, can they literally pull you away and just like lock you away in certain places and do certain things. So because they don't know the, the comings and goings of her life, she doesn't show her life off to social media. All people can do is speculate. So like I said, the things that she shows up and she shows online, it looks erratic and it looks strange. And she's, you know, saying different things that just don't make sense to questions that people aren't asking. She's answering She'll be like, you know, a lot of people to know, she'll post a video like, a lot of people have been asking me what I like to do for Christmas. And she'll be like, I like tea, I like candles, I like cookies. And you just be like, no one asked you that. Like, no one truly asked you that question. Why are you posting this as if people genuinely want to know about your Christmas? One minute you like this, and you know, it's just, you know, people are like, yo, you're, this isn't making sense. We know people, we know you're not asking, we're not asking you this, this kind of shit. So again, it's speculation. So it's been a lot of this shit going on. But the documentary in and of itself, I think it did well enough to show. And I think what I think should be taken from this, the majority of what should be taken from this is how the populace fucked her up. Yes. Yes. The music industry in and of itself is a disgusting, raunchy monster with gnashing ugly teeth and it just devours but the fans are equally to blame and i don't think people get that enough the fans are equally to blame they are because the fans have never let go of this one image and they just want they wish even when she puts out new music or she does a video those same fans are like picking it apart oh she's not the same she has she looks dead in her eyes she, da, 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 you know and they expect someone who was in their, their past their mid-30s to behave as if they were 23. And it, the shit is fucking weird. Like, some, some of the fans are delusional, if, you, if I may be so honest. Like, some of her fans are delusional because they think that she is supposed to still conduct herself in a particular manner. Now, there are some of the older, the older fans, my, like people like myself and older, that are like, I just wish she's just, she's just good, you know? She don't got to put shit out. She don't have to put no music out. She ain't got to put no videos out, no nothing. Just, I think, 
people will be fine to know that she's okay. That's that's what a lot of the people like my age and older are saying. But like people under a certain this certain people are just weird. Like they just they want her to still be teeny bop Britney Spears. It's like, yo, like let that shit go. You have to let that that whole entire machine that that generated image go, you know? Like, you know, it's weird, but it doesn't mean I don't I don't have a love for the I don't have a love for the love for the fans. It's just like some fans are are a bit much, but it it took me back to just like that whole era of just the Paris Hilton era, the juicy couture era, the the baby fat era, the the Paris Hilton perfume era, like all that kind of shit. Like, oh my God, yo. It took me all the way back. And I'm like, yo, she had a major influence on pop culture to this day. Now, although she was influenced by Janet Jackson. This wasn't Janet Jackson's life, <laughs> you know? But it was, um, it was pretty interesting. It was a pretty interesting watch. I know I'm all over the place. They really, they really talked to Felicia, you know, her old assistant, who I, um, I always had a feeling she would speak on. I, always, I just did. I had a feeling she was going to be there to begin with. You know, they, they talked a little bit. They covered a couple different things. They did cover the Free Britney movement, which I was shocked. And I was even more shocked that they talked about her Instagram because they were talking about how people were speculating, you know, is she, is she leaving hidden messages in her posts? You know, like some people would say, Brittany, wear yellow if you, if you are, need help. And then her next post, she'd be wearing a yellow shirt. And she's like, my favorite color is yellow. Now, if true fans would be like, nah, her, she always said her, her favorite color were baby blue or baby pink. That's what the color she would say when she was younger. But as you get older, do your fucking colors change? Mine's did. My color used to be blue when I was younger. Now I, I fucking love red. You know, so the speculation and all that kind of stuff, people are like, you know, she needs help. She she answered and said that her favorite color is yellow now. Oh, my God. She really needs help. Save her. And. It's just strange. It's strange, I must say. Uh, now, I'm not I'm not that invested. One, I'm 30 fucking two years old Two, I have a life of my own. And uh, three. I'm, I've left that teenage, I've left that, that old way of, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've outgrown my attachment to the image and attachment to that. So my only thing to, my only thing that I can do is just kind of just observe and just see what the fuck happens. I think that maybe something could happen from this documentary. Maybe, you know, who knows what happened, but my personal take is that I don't, I don't know, you know? I don't know anything, so I can't, I can't really throw any, any types of anything out there, except that I don't know anything. You don't know, we don't know if she's unwell. We, we heard that she had, you know, she took anxiety pills. She used to have pills back then when she was, you know, whatever. Um, but that was all that we knew. She mentioned she had anxiety, you know. Imagine you being, your life grew, you grew up in entertainment. You know, she was entertaining when she was a, a child. Imagine that's all you knew. Traveling, auditioning, you know, going to be a star. So a part of this investment is you put a lot into it. You got a lot out of it. But at the, at the expense of what, you know, at the expense of what? That's how I wonder. I sit and wonder, to, you know, and when I see people who have this desire and this lust for fame, I'm like, do you really want fame? Do you really want that life? Do you really want... Uh, to, to be ran by the machine 
is that what you really want? Like you no, know, me personally, I like praise. I like a little bit of attention, you know, when when I want it, when I like it. But after that, like I don't really want a lot of attention. I don't want a lot of eyes on me. Like I want to bond and do things that are much more would would not that much of a high frequency of of activity and all that high energy chasing after me and shit like that. Like, no, I'd rather just you know, let's let's connect on a different level. Let's just be calm. <laughs> like, no, don't chase me down with cameras and, and, and no, no, I don't want that kind of life. Mm-mm. But yeah, oh my gosh. Let me see if I wrote anything down that I wanted to talk about that was um, poignant to me. Mm. But yeah, but you see how mental illness is talked about now? Versus then, like how now we're, we know everyone's talking about their therapist and everyone's talking about how we value mental health and how we just should not make light of mental health and make light of these things. And we should take mental health seriously. But back then, people were literally making jokes about it. Like the way times have changed, that's, that's one thing I'm so happy about now is knowing that the, the push for therapy has been a much bigger push family therapy even because saying you're going to a therapist meant that automatically that you were crazy and there was a stigma associated with that you know a lot of people aren't getting in those abusive relationships that we were so used to seeing those unhappy struggle struggle love relationships where one minute someone's busting somebody upside the head with a pot and then the next minute, they're like talking about how they were together for 60 years as if like that shit was amazing, but they're bitter. One person in the party is bitter. And it's like, and then they, they raise children to, to behave in that same manner and, and continue on that legacy of abuse and just, you know, horrible, a horrible life and just, just miserable and barefoot. And no, like, where you know standards and things are changing you know this whole kind of life that people used to deny was terrible we're not we're no longer denying that our upbringings or our grandparents upbringings or our great-grandparents relationships were not the best and they often were the blueprint for our parents and we learn that they just weren't working and as we grow and we see that certain things yeah they may have they may have from the distance to sh- sh- mill, you know, have withstood the withheld the the times, but at what expense? Things were uh, things were falling apart in every other way. So, the, what what new ways are we looking to create families and and sustain them and to and to only build them and better, build them better and, and you know build them greater? That's the the difference between. That era where mental illness and therapy was a joke and making jokes about someone's fucking breakdown in the middle of postpartum depression, probably, and whatever else. You know, losing your children like what the shit was was insane, you know, and like I said, I don't even know, like, who knows? Here's my thing. I always come from the from the standpoint of like, I don't you don't even know what was going on privately like you. You'll never know. You won't know. If truly, if, if she, if some shit was going on where she wasn't unfit, you will never know. No matter what you say, no matter how much of a fan you are, you'll never know. That's the truth of it. You'll never know if, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe, you know, Kevin Federline was 
legitimate in in removing custody, custody, having custody removed from her. You'll never know. You know, you don't know the the lives of a lot of these celebrities. You don't know if they if they're dealing with drugs or whatever they're dealing with. But then you see these moments where you know we had when that whole kind of breakdown was happening, where she was speaking in a when a British accent and she was behaving really erratically and strange and. No one knew what was going on. And we had that little asshole, Sam Lufty, just kind of like, you know, tied to her. Weird shit. Weird shit. Do I think people were drugging her personally? Yes and no. Do I think some of it was voluntary? Mm. Mm. But that was, you know, years ago. What the fuck is going on to where... How is she so unfit and, and so people are alluding that she could be mentally off? How are you so unfit if you're, 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 working, you're working at X Factor, you're doing tours forever and ever and ever, you're, you know, you're doing all this performing, making videos, doing commercials for perfumes and, you know, working sometimes doing two, three shows a night, but you're so unfit. And you're you're not capable of taking care of your finances. What? And you're in your life. Like, you know, so for those who are trying to elude that she is just mentally unfit, like you're dancing, you're learning choreography for like two whole fucking hours of a show, an hour and a half to two hours of a show. How how off do you have to be if you're learning choreography? Now, even if the choreography is a little lackluster, but the show itself is good, how? How are you so unfit? You're learning choreography. You're doing this. You're doing that. Like we can clearly see that what she's doing is she literally is going to work. She's going to work. She's taking her ass off that fucking stage and she's taking her ass back back home. She's making her money. You know, you gross mad money doing tours than you would selling albums. So she's like, let me bust these tours out real quick and I'm going to take my ass home. And you can tell it's work unless there are days where, you know, there's some more energy up there, but. Nah, that shit is work. You can tell it's fucking work. <laughs> the energy just not there anymore. It's like, nah, I'm where I'm at work. This is work, <laughs> and I'm not focusing on dancing too hard because I gotta do this shit tomorrow. Like, fuck out of here, <laughs> you know. But ah, oh, the interview was interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't like mind blowing. There were just some things that just shocked me, like that Family Feud thing and that woman on that Diane Sawyer interview, and how Diane Sawyer didn't even like. Why would they even air that? Like, what? I don't even, like, I don't know. Like, you watch someone unravel for TV. Well, I don't know what happened after the interview. Who knows? But, you know, it was just, that shit was just, oof. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, did it make me, did it make me become more of a fan? Oh, what it did bring me back to was all my old memories. But because I have so much going on with my life right now, one and two, I don't know what's happening. What what can I do but just talk about the, the, the documentary? Like, I don't, nothing has really changed but um, the fact that I empathize a whole lot more, you know, and I want the fans to realize that they're not making it any better in the comment sections and, and acting like, you know, the pop, the, Social media has has changed into that new tabloid scene. That's what people don't get. It's just things have just changed another way. Now, the comments from the fans are worse. You know, the things that people are saying are worse. 
you don't even need paparazzi anymore. Like, you know, paparazzi is like, they, a lot of them are fucking, they got fired and shit. Like, cause it's, first of all, we're in a pandemic. Two, she ain't leaving her house. And three, like, they're not really making that much money. Like TMZ and all that kind of shit. Like they're, they're pretty, they're doing pretty okay. But it's all us. We're the ones bringing the news to the paparazzi. We're the ones sharing articles. We're the ones doing all the doing all the dirty work for them. I mean, unless you hear from a, from a source, sources say, you know, but the majority of the stuff that people are bringing to TMZ is from some shit that fans are creating. It's the fans. You know, Chris Crocker said it the best. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> you know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, this was almost like like if this was equivalent to like my my parents watching or my mother watching a Michael Jackson special like this is like I wish. This was him because she and I will be talking about this right now, <laughs> you know. I just think this that whole documentary was interesting, but I just I just want the truth, whatever the truth is to come out. And I whenever she says what she has to say, just let her fucking say it. I just can't wait to see what she got to say, because everybody else is running their fucking mouths except her. You know, that's what I want. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Um, I'm not editing this. I just wanted to keep this raw and however how it is. I'm probably swallowing a lot because my mouth is juicy from this retainer and um. I would have been drinking a little bit of water here and there, but other than that, what an interesting, interesting, interesting documentary. But that's all I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, catch you later. <laughs> Feel free to engage with me on, uh, I'm on Twitter, Painful Pod. I'm on Instagram at the Painful as well. If you wanted to kind of have some discourse or you can join my discord channel. I'm going to make a, a channel about that documentary because it was interesting to watch and, and whatnot. And some little little nuggets came out in the midst of that that we didn't realize. But yeah, let me let me um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to add in the the audio to that family few thing just so you see like how crazy people are. Where is it at? Let me let you hear this, and I'm going to close it out with that. So until such time, Lover Muffins, peace. One hundred people, the top seven answers are on the board. Name something Britney Spears has lost in the past year. Answer with you, Her husband. Her husband. Let's see how that stacks up for her husband. It's up there, not number one, Lizzie. The hair. Lost a lot of hair. There it is. All right. Answer, please. All right. All right. All right. All right. Next, I know you have been following her ex exploits for the past year. What has Britney Spears done this past year? What has she lost? She, she's lost her sanity. <laughs> She lost her mind. Yeah. All right. Okay, good answer there. All right. I'm sure Brittany appreciates that. <laughs> Absolutely. Name something Brittany Spears has lost in this past year, Linda. She's lost her boyfriend.
Boyfriend, yes, I think she did too. Foster boyfriend. I'll give you the Salt Lake City answer for virginity. Lost her virginity. No. 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 That's two strikes there. Brandon, something that Britney Spears has lost in the past year? Her career. Her career? Yes, how about her career? No! Oh, all right. Well, the Martinez family now with a chance. All right, Mario. You want to steal some points? Now is your shot. Name something Britney Spears has lost in the past year. Your answer? Her underwear. She's lost this past year. Number two. Yeah, all right. Respect her dignity. Number five. Her children. Number six. Eight, I guess. Number seven. Her hair. 